fangs out, fangs out. There's a bloodsucker born every minute, but the 1980s were particularly fruitful and fruity. You're listening to Devil Times 5. Hi, welcome to episode 23 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, and this month we're scouring the 1980s for Draculas, Nosferati, and other sanguisuges. So it's good word, <laughs> sanguisuges. Basically, yeah, so. Yeah, it means, means bloodsuckers, but I really like it when it's written down, it looks like sausages. That's good. Um... <laughs> Okay. And my name's Cliff, and my fellow creatures of the night are Phil, CJ, Emily, and Bryony. Hello. Hello. Hiya. But before we come out of our coffins, let's find out what horrors we've seen since last we met. Um, Emily, let's start with you. What are your highs and lows? Um, well, I haven't really watched many films that aren't the, the 80s vampire films, and I've not had a particularly film-heavy month in general. So I've only watched two other horror movies, and neither of them were bad. So I don't okay. know. Um First one was Body Melt, which is Australian mm-hmm. and disgusting and has Harold Bishop from Neighbours as an evil yeah. doctor, which I absolutely loved after people going, oh, no, no, it's not it's not as fun as it sounds. I watched that yesterday afternoon. I was like, this is great. It's got like 90s rave tunes on the soundtrack. It's the sort of stuff that I used to get on um, pirate radio stations when I was a teenager, minus the squeaky voice teenage boy shouting big up the Hemel Hempstead Massive. Um, yeah I loved it it's you know Splatterville in sort of Kath and Kim territory Uh, yeah fantastic yeah I I haven't seen that since it came out on VHS I don't remember it being don't remember enjoying it that much but every time I see that Blu-ray on sale somewhere I think "Ah, I really should give that another go it's not amazing but it is a lot of fun and um, yeah they're sort of full marks for it being incredibly disgusting in extremely inventive ways but also quite cartoony as well, which hmm. which is fun. What do they do that's mega disgusting? Uh, there's an exploding penis. There's Lovely. a sentient placenta. There's an um, <laughs> someone gets that's, killed by their that's own a great giant band. tongue. I know, yeah. <laughs> th- th- this is like a whole roster of John Peel's festive fifty from like the late eighties. <laughs> sentient placenta. though, really sounds like a metal yeah, band. That's yeah. great. So that's after great. after blood puddling and. Um, <laughs> And sex parasites, it's... Uh, exploding penis and sentient placenta. Sentient placenta. <laughs> well, maybe that's that's all one band. You know, you have your sort of like kind of 50s rockabilly bands that have got like three or four different names, such and such and such and such. That's, yeah. The John Spencer penis explosion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's an exploding penis, but it's 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 done very subtly in as, in, in as far as an exploding penis can be done subtly. Oh, that's so, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah if you want a subtle okay. exploding penis, then... Yeah, yeah I, I hate it when it's done gratuitously. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's only got to be there to fulfil the needs of the plot. <laughs> and what was the other one you watched? Oh, the other one I watched was Black Christmas, which I don't know why I hadn't oh. seen it before, but I thought it was The great. original? Yep. Yeah, the, I'm not really the biggest fan of your sort of anonymous slasher movies normally. That's why I'm not... Halloween's, I prefer the third one, and Friday the 13th's not that asked. But um, mm-hmm. I thought the, the way it was done in uh, Black Christmas was authentically creepy and weird. Mm. And um, it was quite strange because it's clearly one of the most Canadian films ever. But then you have a scene in the police station and there's like stars and stripes everywhere. So it's like, we're definitely not Canada. Yeah. And then yeah, you compare yeah. <laughs> it to something like My Bloody Valentine, which is also Canadian. And that's just like moosehead beer everywhere. And yeah, the killer's yeah. a massive Mountie with moose ears. He isn't, mm-hmm. but he should be. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Black Christmas is really good, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Effective. I think of the of the kind of early slashers. Well, that's a very early slasher, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's one, it, of, the, one of the Halloween. Um, I think that's the best of them. Of those. Yeah. Well, unless you count Texas Chainsaw Massacre, of course. Yeah. 
The phone calls are horrible, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, genuinely unsettling. Yeah. And the sort of the weird, mad voices the guy does are, are properly. Yeah. Yeah. Phil. Um, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. I've watched one horror film that wasn't a vampire horror film. Okay. I'm so sorry. So it's going to be my high and my low. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Which is good because it's Day of the Triffids, the 1963 <laughs> version of Day of the Triffids, which is sort of really good and really awful at the same time. So can I have that? Um, yeah. I know it's really tardy. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird because all of the things that are good about Day of the, the 63 version of Day of the Triffids are all the things that just come from the book anyway so it's like every decision they didn't make is good, every decision that they made is terrible um, <laughs> so like they changed the, um, the way that, um, at, the, at the end of the book of Day of the Triffids um, they just sort of go to the Isle of Wight, which is everybody's last resort um, <laughs> and and um, and uh, sort of wait for the Triffids to sort of die out naturally. In this, they're killed by um, seawater, which is the shittest way to kill something that might be taking over the planet um, that's ever happened since. And, and it's so shit that M. Night Shyamalan nicked it for signs, didn't he? Like, oh yeah, they're, mm. they're killed by water. It's something that covers 80% of the globe that they've come to. Um, <laughs> War of the Worlds, Tom Cruise one. Uh, that's what happens in that as well. Is it really? Yeah, pretty much. Morgan Freeman comes on at the end and he's like, ah, the water was a bad thing. (laughs) It's really mad that they keep making these decisions because it's so dumb to have something that's so abundant kill them. Um, Because you could have something that was even just semi-abundant, like, you know, I don't know, freaking flour. Then we go find out his flour. (laughs) And then you at least go, okay, we'll get some flour together. But like... It's just so sort of like, oh, that's like washing your hands a bit, you know. No no pun intended. Um, It's great. It's a 1963 film, so it's got lots of sexism in it and uh, really, really bad special effects, terrible acting. It's lovely, but also terrible. There you go. (laughs) Anyone else seen Day of the Triffids? I've not seen that one. No. No, no, you've not seen the 63 one. The, um, the, 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 the Triffids themselves are the least scary things that have ever been put on film. Um, they're sort of, I mean, they are cut kind of trees walking very slowly towards you. And I think that like, the vines that come sort of attacks people, I'm pretty sure it's a guy's hand in a, in a sock. Just sort of like <laughs> a green sock coming towards you. Not even tights, it's a sock. Yeah. Did you see the remake they did a few years back with Eddie Izzard? I saw. No, do you know what? No. I didn't. But I, but, but I saw that they'd done it. I was surprised that I'd never mm. even, never even it, heard of it. It must have I'd properly just, bombed. Just pretend you didn't hear of it. Yeah. As as I think I started watching that and then just turned it off in howling in anguish. It was not mm. a shite. Mm. But by um, but the TV show is fantastic. It's really genuinely terrifying. Have, have you seen the TV show? I remember yeah. being my mum allowing me to watch that, and my yeah. mum was like, "All right, you can stay up and watch it because there are only plants, and plants aren't scary." And I lasted about five minutes. Oh, it's proper terrifying. Yeah. It's really good. And this film has, does have some of those bits in it where, because the main thing that's scary about Day of the Triffids is that everyone goes blind. Um, and that's the, that's the thing that's really terrifying. And so there are moments in the 63 film, like there's a plane, there's a, a, a passenger plane where everyone goes blind and they have to sort of deal with the fact that they're never going to be able to land. And that mm. sort of, that is kind of horrific. Um, and so there are these little flashes of it. Okay. Uh, Bryony. So my highlight is uh, a really sweet... It's not scary, it's just really sweet. It's a, a documentary on Shudder called Spookers. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's basically about a haunted house like attraction in New Zealand. 
and this documentary just follows like the cast of people who work there and uh, sort of the business behind this haunted house and it used to be a mental hospital and then they sort of did it up and the woman who runs it has never seen a horror film but runs a really successful haunted house okay. and everyone who everyone who works there is just really sweet and they just really love their jobs they just dress up and get into character and it's this mm. it was adorable like, i mean it was a nice break from all the 80s vampires just like really nice it sags in the middle but um if you just want a sort of really life-affirming you know why do we watch horror why do we do horror uh, give Spookers a go because it was just very very sweet interesting hmm. and Yellow? Uh, Malo is 90s vampires um, huh. all of Buffy <laughs> no all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on um, Amazon Prime at the moment and I was a huge Buffy fan and watched all of it in about a week because you know nothing else to do at the moment but um, there's one episode that is still quite scary called Hush and it has um, Doug Thingy, who plays... Doug Jones. Yes, he's the, the main windy man. man. The yes, movie. the windy man. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was watching it and I was just like, ah, oh, I feel like my whole childhood was a lie because I really loved Buffy. And I was like, oh, this is a really big like feminist thing. And then re-watching it, it was like, actually, it was just a bit shit. I think it feels a bit shit when you watch it now uh, because so many things have taken what it did and, and kind of yeah. built on them. I think it feels really painfully dated. Um, oh, it's... I mean, I don't mind I, the datedness, but it's just even... <sighs> like, some of the characters I used to love, like Xander, he's a dick. Mm. Fuck Xander. He is a total dick. Oh, he's he awful, yeah. yeah. But but again, I think, I think part of that is a dating aspect in the... Mm. You know, you watch a lot of the John Hughes films of the 80s, and most of the, the guys in that are total tools but at the time it was uh, it was okay um yeah. or at least we perceived it as being okay because we maybe didn't know any better um i don't know i uh, I, I agree i agree with you weirdly on uh, on Buffy. that's oh yeah. my god Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, okay all right um cj uh well i have i have a high and a low um both of which are new releases because i haven't had that much time to watch films uh this month but I uh, wanted to go to the cinema a couple of times just to block out the world. Uh, and the, the, <laughs> the first time that I did that um, was exactly what I needed. Uh, I had a really, really, really crummy day. I was just feeling really downtrodden, crappy, miserable about everything. And I went to see Overlord. Oh, um, And wow, that was exactly what I needed. It was just so loud and aggressive and violent and splattery. Uh, just Nazis being torn apart left, right, and centre, and I just came out like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just been ages since I've had that at the cinema. I just came out like exhilarated, and the shitty day had just gone. Um, and you know, that's that's what it's about. It's, it's those it's, kind of films. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, I'm, I was surprised how much you liked it. I just <laughs> loved it. I, I, it was it was because it did everything that I complain that horror films don't do when I complain about them. It was like they, this this just gave me everything. It was just this effects heavy splatter movie, but it was done 
with really good production values. The characters were interesting enough to propel the story. The story was interesting before any of the weird stuff happened. Um, and it, it just it just did everything right. All the, the checklist of all the things that I normally moan about, I couldn't couldn't take a single thing on Overlord. I was just like, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's what I want. It's a mainstream uh, director, isn't it? Who directed it? It was produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised when I saw that, that he would be like producing a film that was you know, first world yeah. war. Is it first or second world war? It's second world war. It's oh, okay. uh, second world war, yeah. There's, there's um, I guess you could argue it's quite tasteless. Um, there's a lot of Nazi <laughs> That's what you'd want, though, right? But it's what, sorry? <laughs> That's what you want, isn't it, with the sort yeah, of Yeah, it is. I like, I like tasteless movies. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was just brilliant. I, Nothing uh, worse than a tasteful horror film. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That, that's kind of the point, is that yeah. horror lets you go to places that you wouldn't go to with your, your aunt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it depend uh, on who your aunt is? Well, that's true. That's true. You, you wouldn't go with my aunt. <laughs> I would. You go with horror. Yeah, we don't go, go with your aunt. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to see that. I really would. <laughs> You'd love to see Emily and Bryony and your aunt all at it. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your low? Uh, my low was just absolute other end of the spectrum. It was weird that I, w- I went to the cinema to see two movies, and they were opposite ends. There wasn't any middle ground. Uh, the low, and it was phenomenally low, was Hellfest. Ooh. Don't know if anybody saw any of the publicity no. for that one. No. Um, nope. Really simple plot. Teenagers go to a scare maze uh, and there's a guy in a mask in the scare maze picking them off one by one, which that could be fun. You know, it's a good setting. I like going to scare mazes, so, you know, great, fine. But everything about it was just the dreariest, most obvious thing that they could do. There, there was nothing fun it wasn't just that it was unoriginal. It was that it was, that it was having no fun being unoriginal. It, was, it wasn't like it was paying homage or or being like yeah yeah we love slashes it was just will this do yeah that's a stabbing noise if you hadn't (laughs) 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 no one was flatulent um but yeah it was uh just oh awful i mean it was 80 84 minutes and i just felt like i'd been in that cinema forever because nothing nothing happened beyond just people walking around in the dark it was oh god awful Mm. Just disaster. I hated it. I have seen three horror films at the cinema this month, and they've all been good. Um, Overlord being one of them. Um, In Fabric, new Peter Strickland, is incredible. It's so weird. Uh, But um, my absolute highlight has got to be Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria, Mm. which... Has anyone else seen that yet? No, no. I haven't. But I'm like, really it's, so really. it's, it's nearly three hours long. It's two and a half hours, and it's yeah. it's actually full of stuff. It's it's not like it's slow. It's it's loaded full of full of stuff. Um, it's just so good. It's the way it takes the original screenplay, basically, of Suspiria, and up to about the halfway point, and then goes off and does its own thing. It's like it's like kind of expanded fanfic version of Suspiria. Um, I really like the way that it uh, does something that the original completely missed a, a real a blatant opportunity to do, which is have the fact that it's set at a dancing school part of the witchcraft. So the, <laughs> the dancing is the witchcraft and yeah. it's so cleverly done. Um, arguably, it could be made shorter by losing the scenes with the uh, elderly German professor bloke 
but I was amused because um, he's played by Tilda Swinson. She's got three roles in the film, and she plays this old man. But whenever she, whenever he was on screen, even though this, those scenes were a little bit dull and and sort of aimless, um, it's the fact that. <laughs> she plays him speaking like with the same voice as Nina Conti's monkey puppet. She's she's wearing a prosthetic penis, isn't she? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you see it? Do you see it? Do you? What, what, yeah. is, uh, how is it? How how does he get to that point that she has a prosthetic penis? Does it explode? No, it doesn't explode. No. <laughs> Um, yes, it's, uh, it's it's fucking mad. It's a mad fucking film. It's so good. Um, and my low, I'm going to go with uh, something else that came out earlier this year, which was The Secret of Marrowbone, which is a Spanish film that was, um, the trailers made it look like a, you know, a chilennial, as we call them, one of those sort of the conjuring type things. Um, but it, it really isn't. It's more of a, uh, it's, it's, it's about these kids who are like, Actually, it reminded me of the Cement Garden because it's about these kids whose mum dies and they don't tell anyone, so they just like live in the house together um, and hope that no one finds out that they're doing this until like one of them turns eighteen or something. Um, but it's just dull and flat, and it's got this stupid twist that doesn't make sense. It's got the same twist as a lot of films have, but um, in this one, it really doesn't make sense. It just means that some of the earlier scenes couldn't have possibly happened and that's annoying isn't it anyway you say that's annoying but one of your favorite films is fucking switchblade romance yeah so but that's fine it that's works the same that. thing no but it, but no 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 it it's not the same thing because um oh so you've seen marathon no 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 i haven't but you said that it's a twist that makes earlier scenes impossible which yeah. is switchblade romance no it doesn't because in switchblade romance um I might save this until we do our French episode. I think uh, um, Je suis absentee. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there are our highs and lows. Let's get our teeth into this month's theme. The world is a vampire. (laughs) And our first feature is from 1987. It's Joel Schumacher's The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. When you scream. So where are you? The fine nun! I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stick. Drive right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. You notice the uh, little bit of censorship in that trailer? Yeah. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Which <laughs> <laughs> is more, um, more accurate than... Shit sucking vampire. Well, if there was any shit sucking, it wasn't in the final edit, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> they kept all of yeah. that on the cutting room floor. Would have been a very different Same. film. 
Got shit sucking vampires. <laughs> anyway, um, after his family relocates to the seaside, a 13-year-old boy starts to suspect that his older brother has fallen in with a group of motorcycling vampire delinquents. I think what The Lost Boys has got going for it most is the characters are so well written. There's loads mm. of really yeah. brilliant characters, mm. yeah? Yeah, definitely. Who's yeah. your favourite? Frog Brothers. I like the Frog Brothers. Okay. Clearly. Yeah. How much do you think we could charge him for this? Like the, the, the really stupid low voice he puts on is really great, I think. Um, they're all great, aren't they? I think the characters. I like, I like um, Grandpa best. Yeah. Best last line of a film ever, probably. I can't, mm. I, there's, it's good. It's got to be sort of... Um, it's got to be up there with the best last lines ever, isn't it? And so he's really good. The fact that he has Windeline for um, for aftershave, I quite like. Windeline yeah. <laughs> um, does smell quite nice. Mm. Yes. He was going out all wooing with Windeline and a dead animal that was stuffed. So yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Top man. Um, but I get the impression that we all love this except for CJ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you see it when you were a teenager, CJ? Ah, uh, I did. Yeah. Um, well then why don't you like it you freak (laughs) (laughs) the problem with the lost boys for me is there's a good film in there somewhere yeah it's called the lost boys it's with no no because you see there is this story uh, that is more interesting than a bunch of little kids fighting around and i feel like Whenever Sam is on screen and whenever the Frog Brothers are on screen, I'm just like, oh, this is some fucking Disney ass Goonies bullshit. <laughs> I, just, I just, I hate, I hate movies about little kids, and um, I, I feel like the stuff with Michael and the Vampire Gang uh, takes a backseat pretty quickly to Sam's uh, attempts to get his brother back. And I get that there's a metaphorical aspect to it about you know one brother growing up and leaving behind the childhood bond that perhaps they had uh, sure i get it but that's i mean that's just who cares um i i mean i, I just I feel, I feel like there's some there's some great scenes like the the vampire massacre scene fantastic with all the with all the gore the scene on the bridge is is really beautiful the the theme song brilliant the font the title font Beautiful, yeah. But I feel like I want that movie where Michael joins a goth gang and they get fucked up, and that that I think would be a lot of fun. But instead, you've got all the sort of kiddie shit. But that sort of, that Goonies element to it that's um that's on purpose, isn't it? Didn't? Isn't, oh, I'm sure. It, I'm got, sure it is. But it's just. And no, I don't mean. No, I don't film. mean. I was. I found this out the other day, and I was surprised because I would say that see that as a negative as well. So I was surprised that they were going for the sort of Goonies. Um, feel an earlier film. draft of the script. They were all with little kids. Yeah, they wow. were supposed to be younger. Yeah, but I think that's why. Um, I think that's why Sam has that business about being scared of the closet monster and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Sam <laughs> doesn't feel like a thirteen-year-old boy at all. No. Like he, he feels like he's about eight. Yeah, yeah, he does. And the Frog Brothers feel like very young kids, yeah. don't they? Who, yeah. you know, he's very well dressed for an eight-year-old, though, Sam, or oh, thirteen-year-old. <laughs> the clothes are great. Yeah, aren't they? he's got great wardrobe. 
And yeah. Santa Carla looks like such a wicked place to be. I know. It? it looks yeah. like an incredible place. Oh, God, place. it's so weird. They haven't got MTV. Yeah, look how fucking cool it is. You've got hippies and there's <laughs> punks everywhere and kids are, like, yeah. smoking and knocking bins Greasy over Greasy men us. playing saxophones. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, you got the... It's what, it's what Brighton was like when I was young enough to go out every night. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's definitely got a Brighton vibe, isn't it? Yeah. It's, just, it's what you want Brighton to be, I suppose. Man playing saxophone, Tim Capello. That's a fucking good song, isn't it? I still believe. <laughs> I, I've realised the Lost Boys is basically a musical. It's so um, heavy on the on the music soundtrack. It's mm. such uh, a like, good it soundtrack. It will take time well. out. It will take yeah, time out to like have a song. Yeah, play yeah. Out. And it will play and it all the way through. Pretty much, yeah. And um, well, I like that because mm. there's there's a good selection of songs. Even Sam singing in the bath to that. Oh, that's I'm great. That, um, <laughs> yeah, and the way the way that like you get a little bit of um, the theme tune, uh, "Cry Little Sister" mm. over the mm. opening credits, and then mm. it comes back about yeah, halfway yeah, through. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. I love that. So, so, yeah, that's my favourite sound in the world. So the Lost Boys as musical is my new hot take. Mm. Yeah, I just, oh, I just like, get frustrated with films like that. I just want to take a pair of scissors to them and just get all those really good bits and go like, yeah, that's that's the film. Um, I can't think of any bits that I don't like, really. I mean, the bits that I'm sort of bored sitting through. The, the, what do you think of the, the mother? Because she's quite wet, oh, isn't she's she? She's so nice. Yeah. She's, really, she's a like, really pleasant woman. That, 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 she's, she's sort of almost aggressively pleasant, isn't she? She's that like, actress <laughs> tends to sort of play like all, all the sort of 80s... Well, I say all. That, that and parenthood, she's kind of like 80s, quite nice yeah. mum in films. Mm. I mean, quite nice. Like, she... I mean, she invites she invites her, her prospective best. boyfriend over to her house, and they give him raw garlic, and she's not even that asked. Like, well. <laughs> but she doesn't yeah. believe about the vampire stuff, even though it's actually happening. Yeah, I've watched the deleted scenes actually, and they were right to be cut. They were dull. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, there's nothing good in the deleted scenes. That's the, the thing I like about this film. After watching a lot of these '80s vampire films, it just gets to the point. Like it doesn't. Drag. Yeah, some of them are really mm. slow, aren't they? Yeah. Like the, yeah, it takes Ooh. such a long time to get to it. Whereas the Lost yeah. Boys, it's like you've got your two plots. You've got what's his face turning into a vampire, and you've got what's his face trying to stop his brother turning into a vampire, and then they just sort of move on quite nicely, and it's memorable, which yeah. is helpful when you watch a film. And it's good that they write into the, the into the vampire law that no two vampires die the same way, mm, because mm, yeah. film, what you want is a lot of different splatter effects. <laughs> yeah, and it, it doesn't go that big on the splatter because which is your favourite death? Um, I really like the way the um, the one who melts in the bath because when he when he comes up and his face is all melted, I really like that effect. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that makeup. Mm. Yeah, um, the guy who explodes is good. Death by stereo. <laughs> I was going to say stereo death by stereo. Fast, that's, surely, that, yeah. I think that's the best one, <laughs> and not least because that was basically all we said at school for about two years after we watched it. <laughs> <that one. laughs> yeah, by definitely. The vampires were great in this though, as well though. Like mm. they were actually a little bit threatening. Um, a little bit. A little bit threatening. Well, a you know. A little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, Keith Sutherland is quite threatening in general, but. You couldn't say it was a scary film, though, could you? I don't think. Uh, no, but it was scary. It was like roller coaster scary. Like yeah, enjoyable. I guess, yeah. Enjoyably scary. Also, it's got my favourite line is um, you're eating worms, Michael, oh, yeah. because me and my mates, yeah. I used to work in the kitchen and our favourite game was Northern Horror Film. So we take 
famous lines from horror films and just give it a northern twist. And our favourite <laughs> one to do was that line in a Sunderland accent. So be like, Maitle, you're eating worms, Maitle. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't watch it without going, oh, Maitle. Oh, I can't watch that bit now without thinking, how do you like your biscotti? Yeah. Do you like your biscotti? <laughs> Um, I've I've seen this film so many fucking times, yeah, but man. it's it's, yeah. it's really good that I found some new things in it that I'd never noticed before. Like, uh, next to Michael's bed on the floor, there's a single long white sock, <laughs> and he's got a picture of um, scantily clad Rob Lowe on a wall. He oh, has. That's Sam. That's Sam. Yeah, yeah Sam, that's a reference yeah. to St Elmo's Fire, which was Joel Schumacher's previous. Oh, film. of course, yeah. That also yeah, features it, random saxophone playing. Does That's it? clearly his his um his trope. The <laughs> other thing I noticed this time round, I can't believe I've never spotted this before. Um, Kelly Jo Minter, who was also in Nightmare on Elm Street Five, she is credited as also starring in the opening credits. She's in it for like no more than six seconds and doesn't have a single line of dialogue, and yet she managed to get in the opening credits as also starring. Hmm. Wow. Her her agent must have been fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and in the 80s didn't we all want a giant wall clock in the shape of a massive wristwatch yeah I wasn't around but I would have wanted one <laughs> had I been so young so young <laughs> I did have one in the 90s though so you know did you yeah there was still a you thing had in a the massive 90s. wristwatch um, yeah. clock Wow. Yeah, my mate had one, uh, had an Arsenal one as well. They were still definitely a, a desirable thing in the mid to late 90s. All right, okay. Yeah. For a fashion victim. <laughs> um, anyone else got anything else to say about Lost Boys? I still absolutely love it. I watched it for the first time when I was 13 at a sleepover. So, you know, how, how could I not love it? Um, I do sort of feel now that some of it might... It does feel a little bit cop-outy, but then that might be just because... When you're a teenager, you're like, yeah, but how does a vampire make another vampire by biting them? So why doesn't he? Why do, why isn't there a scene of hot boy vampire action? But that might just be me. That's not a criticism of the film. <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably billions and billions of um, volumes of uh, slash point. fiction. But I've never, it's never occurred to me before. Yeah, that they don't really bite each other. Do no, they? not really. No. I mean, no. no, they're just going to fuck people up, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. But you assume that this. Yeah, that's. That's true. I've never thought of that before, but that's true, isn't it? What a weird decision to make. It's only um, Max that goes to bite Lucy at the end, I think. That's yeah. the only bite in it. Oh, yeah, yeah because he he, you just see them fucking things up when they, they attack people. You don't really, when you assume that there's, there's some fucking up going on, you see a bit of it. But, um, yeah, yeah you, there's not really that much biting and not really all that much blood until, obviously, vampire splatter at the end. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of soft, isn't it? It's quite yeah. tame same film but doesn't make me love it any less mm. even mm. though I would I would love a big splattery version of well. <laughs> like where you just get real flashes at the barbecue scene of like throats being ripped out but yes. so, yeah. when did the, you because first, the way the hmm? when did you first watch it Cliff? oh when it came out right okay not the cinema but on video I was, I was just wondering if there was a nostalgic because it's just so not the kind of thing that you would normally go for oh I'm sure okay. nostalgia plays a big part um I mean, if we talk about Fright Night, for example, I only watched that once when I was a kid and uh, for some reason just never had it on tape. So coming back to it now, it's on Blu-ray. I feel like I wish I'd loved it when I was a kid. Oh. I might love it more now. I like yeah. it. I like Fright Night. But um, it's just 
seems like um, if it's very leisurely, isn't it? I think this is what, oh, you're, God, yeah. what you're getting at, Phil. Yeah, that it's, it does take its time. Fright Night. Oh. It's not like slow or anything. It's just it takes a while to get to the point. Yeah, I was surprised at how boring it it, it, it was. I only watched it for the first time yesterday. I didn't find it boring or slow, but quite like the pace it was setting. My problem with Fright Night is the protagonist is shit. You've got all these really interesting characters around, um, what's his name? Charlie Brewster. Charlie. Um, like, Ed is really interesting because he's like the sort of batshit horror fan. Um, is it Amy, his girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's really cool. Like, a lot mm. of the 80s love interest characters in these films are not characters but i thought she was really cool um, is that just an 80s thing though because a lot of the 80s films that i've watched like the the guys are always dickheads and the girlfriends are always like amazing and putting up way too much oh yeah mm. yeah yeah definitely but i just i feel with with charlie brewster he's just he's such a cipher like there's there's nothing to him and i, I feel yeah. like the, at the heart of fright night is the story about horror films and you know you've got ideally you've got this kid who loves the peter vincent show and gets peter vincent to come and help him to kill this this monster but i feel like ed is the one who should have done that because he is actually the horror fan whereas charlie brewster never really shows much of an interest really beyond a sort of casual watching and and it's just right from the start you just think there's something a bit weird about this guy because he's having a make-out session with his girlfriend there's a guy moving in next door. I must go to the window and watch him. <laughs> he's really vacant all the way through. Yeah. Just sort mm-hmm. of, it just seems like he's just bumbling through from sort of scene to scene, not really knowing what's going on. It's Absolutely. a strange person to have as a... And I think that's what makes it feel slow, is that he doesn't have a, a journey. He doesn't have a character. He's just there being yeah. vacant, like you say. Fuck Charlie Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a something that um just looks so wrong now is having chris sarandon um touching up that new teenage girl as she's called in the credits mm. um when charlie's looking through the window i mean yeah um i can't remember if i watched fright night as a kid i know once i my uncle had loads of horror dvds or not dvds videos um and i remember being around my um, nan and granddad's house because my uncle was living with, with him at the time and we started watching Fright Night and I got incredibly embarrassed because there was a scene at the front with boobs. It being the 80s, yeah. there's the inevitable front, front, their front opening bra. And I was just like, oh my God. And my, my nan in her thick German accent just went, I've seen this before. <laughs> what, in general, front opening bras? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or vampires. I really should <laughs> She might have seen, yeah, in Bustenhalter. She might have seen, um, she might have seen vampires. I should have asked her. It's a wow. shame, didn't. All these things you could ask your relatives. Like, what did you mean? Have you seen tits before or vampires? Or... <laughs> was she disgusted? Was that what she was? She like disgusted by it. Then was she sort of like, oh god, I've seen this before. No, she was or just was she like, like, I've seen this before. She was just like, yeah. She was just like, yeah, whatever. She oh, was okay, really, really blasé. Yeah. I think she went to make uh, make a pot of tea after after that. Wow. After enjoying my yeah. teenage embarrassment quite a lot, uh, she went out of the room to have a, have a chuckle about it. But... Does anyone know? If it's ever been explained by anyone ever, why Evil Ed gets bitten by a vampire and that makes him turn into a werewolf? <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't the wolf. It's just, oh, because earlier in the film, he's like, oh, vampires can turn into dogs and that. Um, yeah, it, it is explained at some point. It is explained oh, is it? beforehand, yeah. Yeah, oh, they, then... they do talk about do- sort of do- evil dogs and things. Yeah. 
I think that was just an excuse to use some kind of decent um, special effects. Well, it's great. They are, they they are decent. Turning, turning back yeah. from a werewolf yeah. into, into yeah. a boy. The hand bit is great, where his hand sort of like comes back up from being melted is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah the effects are great in Friday mm. Night. My main complaint about these 80s vampire films that I've been watching is just like the effects. It just feels like they're just not as good. The effects aren't as good. Like they're just not as interesting. Like if I had to choose between 80s vampires and. Don't let Greg Cannon here say that. He did the effects on practically all of them. Oh, um, really? He, he was just, yeah, he was the go to man for vampires. I, so I really, gone. really like the effects in Fright Night. I think it's one of the things that does stand up when you, when you watch it now on Blu ray. I, yeah. I think they look really cool. Friday Night was the exception. Friday yeah, Night I mean, was definitely the exception. Because the green goopy guy, that was great. There's yeah. that really clever bit where um, Jerry pulls the pencil out of his hand in one take. So he's got a pencil right through his hand and he, he pulls it out and, well, it just comes out of his real hand. How, real how, did, hand how did they do that? Oh, it's it's like two halves of the pencil and when his hat the back half is away from the camera someone off screen sort of yanks it out of the way mm. there is a excessively long but quite entertaining documentary about fright night yeah. called you're so cool mm. brewster yeah, and yeah, they yeah. do talk about that effect shot and it was based on uh-huh. one in the john borman film excalibur where someone's got a spear through his side and that Ooh. was oh, that's right yeah that was um that was using like a, a spear that was kind of with like a sort of a bit that stretched out and then they just got somebody off camera to take the bottom bit away yeah. So wow. yeah, talked about that. Very There's clever. quite a lot of geeky special effects talk in that that documentary, which is quite good. But it doesn't need to be almost twice as long as the actual movie. But <laughs> <laughs> clearly, they were passionate about it. It's a it's a film that a lot of people love, including the people that worked on it. So yeah, the poster art for Fright Night is definitely in my top three all-time favourite yeah, movie posters. Good. It is yeah. great. I, I, rem- yeah. I remember good. seeing it at the cinema and j- the poster and just being like. Oh my god, I have to see this film, but I was too young to, to see because it was an 18. What about the sequel, which basically uses the same poster? Oh, that's shit. I, uh, the, I mean, obviously, the artwork obviously is no. fine, but the, 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 oh god, it's got werewolves on roller skates. <laughs> okay, I want to see it now. It's not as good as the original, but it's got a lot of good uh, deaths, a lot of good vampire deaths. It's, it's really dumb. Anyone got any theories about why all these Hollywood um, vampire movies of the 80s were so comedy heavy? Because the mid-80s was quite comedy heavy. I mean, films in the mid-80s were quite lively, flamboyant, silly, you know, it's a sweeping generalisation, but you look at like the big hits, I think compared to the big hits of, say, the mid-70s, they were a lot lighter. Yeah, Yeah, compared to the 70s, definitely. But vampires specifically, just they only seem to get comedies. Maybe they, it was just easier to sell it, and you know that it was like we don't we don't want a serious vampire film. We let's, let's market this to the kids. And what was and, what was the first of the eighties vampire movies that kind of kicked? Uh, off I suppose Fright Night. Really? Was that was that pre Lost Boys? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was. yeah Lost Boys was crazy. Yeah. Weirdly, Once Bitten was pre Lost Boys as well. Oh uh, mm. yeah, of course. Yes, Brian, you watched shit. that. Yes, I watched yeah, it yesterday, right. and it, it is it is terrible. Yeah, yeah. I did like the dance scene, but then I was just yeah. some <laughs> some uh, yeah some awkward cheese halfway. But yeah, it's it's 
it's a pile of wank. So it feels like it shouldn't be anything to do with vampires. It's just a farce. And then mm. it's just, it gets worse and worse and worse. I do enjoy that uh, it was the only vampire film I watched that had people literally going... <laughs> as That's a, true. That was there some is acting. Yeah. There's, there's, I didn't notice any... <laughs> like, that was it. It was... Um, so at that point, it got a bit 80s formulaic. It was like, you know, uh, down on his luck hero with girlfriend wants to do the sex oh no vampire uh, then he defeats the vampire and has the sex um which yeah. could have been any of them well also um, he's meant to be the only boy who's not had the sex but his two friends oh. are even more inept than he is so yeah is it jim carrey who plays the one who yeah, the yeah. yes yeah. The sex. he's not had the sex although apparently it was going to be michael j fox before they um did jim carrey God, um, imagine Michael what a career yeah. killer that would have been. Did Michael yeah. J. Fox then lose his virginity? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Will and Kerry from Canada. Oh, man. It just it had no charm. That was the problem. Like, there was just zero charm. Like, Lost Boys and Fright Night have buckets of charm, I think. Um, but, yeah, Once Bitten, just, just, oh, God. It felt like one of those straight-to-DVD comedy, like, teen flicks you get today. Yeah, Which, very much so. Yeah. How about Vamp? I saw this for the first time a couple of weeks ago, having been mildly obsessed with it when I was a kid because the DVD... Mm. The, I keep saying DVD because I'm trying to pretend that I'm younger than I am. The <laughs> video cover was really cool. It was just a pair of red lips with fangs. Yeah. And also, yeah. I, I think Grace Jones is really cool. So I was just like, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And yeah, it was shit. It, oh, oh, I like it. I, 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 like, like, I like the light. I think the um, I quite like the fu- the weird funky lighting, and I like the the scene where Grace Jones does her sexy dance, where they clearly said to her, "Do whatever you want," and she was she was yeah. like, "Right, okay, I want to be covered in white paint. I want to dance to yeah. my own song, and I yeah. want to pretend to give head to a statue that's dressed exactly the same as me." And they're like, "Okay, Grace, whatever." <laughs> but you want. that is so amazing. Like yeah. most films don't get to that height at all. Yeah, well, that height, that, that's a, so... that's a, a good height, but the the rest of it is just really. Yeah. <sighs> It's. I mean, it's got that sort of eighties nerd sex comedy thing going on, which, yeah. which is it's not It's like great, it's sort of vampire it, porkies, really. I think. Uh, um, I always thought that was what it seemed like they were trying to go for. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, but... It's but the I, same I, plot as Porkies, yeah. really. Yeah. But I'm a sucker um, for films that are all set in one night. That's like a yeah. thing that I love. So I think yeah. I like Vamp a bit more than I should because it does that. There's a lot that's a bit weird about it. Like, for example, it's a, it's a strip club, but you don't ever see any nipples. There's a lot of very inventive kind of... You do. No, you do. Going. You do. Okay, I've maybe I've... <laughs> <laughs> You're right there, Phil. You do There's see nipples. Okay. Well, you Phil's see... still seeing them swimming before his eyes. Like... You don't see that you many nipples, though. Nipples. It's not... <laughs> no, you don't see many nipples. Only the strippers. <laughs> yeah, but quite a lot of them, they have, like, sharp... There's one lady who's got, like, silver stars over her nipples, which looks really cool. They're, that's also... right. That's true. So, yeah. you know, um, and also the God. weird thing about the strip club scenes is that they've obviously, you know, they, they've done the audio later with the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But they just sort of dub in really, really kind of non-committal comments from the men in the crowd. Like, why are they even commenting at all? Never mind going, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, they all sound suicidal. <laughs> they're, they're really miserable. All the other yeah. blokes in that bar are really miserable. <laughs> um, it's got a very strange kind of... Uh, unrealistic, hyper-realistic kind of atmosphere throughout. I mean, those sewers are the cleanest fucking sewers ever. Oh, lovely. Mm. Beautiful sewers. You could eat your dinner off those sewers. 
it looks like what Quentin Tarantino took a lot of stuff for um, oh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Yes. Right? Mm. I mean, huge swathes of that film are yeah. reshot in Dust Till Dawn. Um, now, what I was going to say was, for some reason, you know you have, like, when you're growing up, there's, like, one film that you just seem to watch. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why I've seen Vamp 160 times, <laughs> but I have. And for some reason, I've seen that film so many times, and it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um it's very sort of uh, it's it's, I love it don't get me wrong I love it but it's it's a bad film right it's um it's pretty breathtakingly sexist even for the 80s I reckon um but you know it's great I like the the the, the, the lighting's great (laughs) when when was that argument go it was really sexist but it's great I find the lighting gets a bit old about half the way through. Nah, like everything being they, pink and green. They do Batman camera angles as well. Like they put the camera on its side and like it's all it's all shot like a, on a diagonal to look yeah, sort of kooky and weird. That, that's good. That's yeah, good shit. Good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's bad. <laughs> it's a, yeah, the film has issues, but the camera angles and the lighting yeah. are, are great. You know, yeah. it does it's just look great. Pink and yeah, green lights, just... crazy cameras, and Grace Jones. That's that's all you need. Right, Grace Jones is great in it. Well, yeah. I think there's one more comedy one we need to mention, which is uh, my absolute favorite, Vampire's Kiss. Oh, it's not a comedy, really, though, is it? It's a comedy. It's oh, it is funny. It's it is funny. It's, funny. it's, it's hilarious. Funny at times, it's but um. It's, yeah. Super dark. Oh, it is super yeah, dark, but it is kind dark. of like, is this guy going completely and utterly mental? And the answer is probably yes, but yeah. this is like American Psycho, but so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know what American Psycho would have been like if Nick Cage had been oh. of Christian Bale. Well, it would have been yeah. Yeah. Much, much better. Well, basically, to make it. I mean, it's the funniest film about mental illness ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's so fucking quotable. Like, I. Whenever I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. In my head, like, if I'm waiting for anyone and they're, like, two seconds late, I'm just like, where is the little cunt? (laughs) (laughs) And also, if anyone's got a bad cold, like, a bad cold. (laughs) I just hope I never meet anyone called Peter Lowe, or I'm just going to be like, oh, Peter Lowe. Peter Lowe. It's it's very, very nearly Cartman, the voice that he does in that film, isn't it? It's it's almost, but not quite. It's amazing. I remember when it came out, everyone was going on about the scene where he eats a live cockroach. Mm-hmm. And you watch the film, it's like, any other film, that would be the, the talking point. Mm-hmm. But, but it's such a minor little irrelevance, really, isn't it? <laughs> Given everything else that happens. The highlights when he, when he does the alphabet. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's like, is he going to do the whole... Yeah, he did do the whole alphabet. He does, yeah. <laughs> of course he, he did. the whole... I like the sort of the scenes that are shot outside in the street where you get a real sense of him being really good as a physical comedian and also he's watched like the old Nosferatu and got some of the mm-hmm. movements from there it's, um, mm. and apparently some of that was they just sort of sent him out onto the street with a camera so people that he's shouting at and are looking concerned those are actual passers-by so yeah um also, Robert Bierman, who directed it uh, throwing back to last month's show um he was originally supposed to direct the fly Oh, really? Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, he had a family tragedy and um, David Cronenberg stepped in. Oh, right. So, um, I mean, they're not all fun and games, these films. The Hunger is uh, quite a serious one. From, I mean, that, that predates all of these, 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's much more of a kind of art house film, so don't think it really kicked off the trend. But what, do you like The Hunger? 
I like the first 10 minutes. Yeah, the first it's 10 minutes are boring. amazing. Yeah. The Bella Lugosi's know, dead boring. bit and the, the, yeah. the, the nightclub. And the, the final scene where all of um, Catherine Deneuve's lovers come up and they're all spooky mummies and they kill her. And the one scene where Bowie has to kill the girl, which is heartbreaking and sad. Apart from that, yeah, it's it's basically like a goth perfume ad, but not as fun as that sounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks like it's made of chrome, doesn't it? It's very sort of glossy and yeah. sort of sheeny. It's beautiful yeah. to look at. Oh, it is beautiful, well, yeah. yeah. It's just, the, the there's that really, really cheesy editing and, yeah, just... The famous lesbian sex scene is no blue is the warmest colour, is it? No. No, it's mostly elbow kissing. So, um, yeah. <laughs> confused quite a lot of people. That was big in the 80s. There's a lot of elbow It's acceptable in the 80s, yeah. Soft focus, <laughs> Lot of um, bit, lot of billowy curtains and doves mm. for no reason. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I didn't realise when I was watching it the other day that it's based on. Oh, uh, uh, Whitley Strieber. Whitley Strieber. Yeah, I didn't novel. know that either. I, but about five minutes into it, I was like, "Oh, this is just like just this is, feels just like Wolfen." And then when I found out it was uh, Whitley Strieber, I thought, "Fucking hell, that's mm. some good." Some good um, perception by me there. <laughs> There's something about it. It's just so similar in tone. Mm. So we could do some deep cuts now, like uh, Graveyard Shift is a nice one from I'm, 1987. I watched yeah. that. Oh, it's yeah. It's yeah. okay. It's three stars. Yeah. yeah. Really liked it. it drags. It did yeah. drag a bit, but it did contain yeah. the brilliant line where the world-weary coroner goes, we found traces of semen inside his penis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that coroner just really doesn't know about him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like, like um, yeah. uh, there's, that, there's that line where he says about how it must be a woman um, because of the, the fake Nail nails polish. or some makeup or something. And then he says, well, it couldn't have been a drag queen because we, we saw evidence that the body had ejaculated before dying. And it's like, well, so... Yeah. He couldn't have got a hand job from a drag queen, but <laughs> that coroner knows nothing. Those cops do have some weird ideas, though, because the reason they they're suspicious about the murder is because apparently no one gets murdered in the fall in all Yes, <laughs> that was a great line, wasn't that it? Was, yeah. When he goes through all the seasons and the different kind yeah, of murders, winter suicide, but, spring that's... is assault, summer is murders, and in the fall people just die. <sighs> That, that noirish thing that they're trying so hard to do in this film, you know, make it kind of really gritty and stylized dialogue. I, I like that they gave it a go. I don't think it always hits, but oh, I don't know. It's it's like a plucky underdog, isn't it? I think it's a, yeah, it's a good attempt to get a, a kind of a, a particular atmosphere on a very low budget and yeah. with a couple of very very mad ideas. Yeah. So low budget that to show he's a vampire, they just put a bit of talcum powder on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did like some of the vampire sex scenes. I thought they were really. Um, I've just... seen so many nipples this month. I'm There's so a lot of, of nipples. <laughs> a lot of nipples. I knew there was a reason I was enjoying this month. <laughs> I, I've, no, I've, I've genuinely liked most of the films that we watched. I don't think it's because of nipples. But, Nip um, fest. <laughs> I, I think it turns out I quite like his vampire films. I wish I kept count of how many nipples I've seen this month because I'm just I'm over them now. <laughs> Nipples and smoke, that's what they're all about. Nipples and smoke, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's a concept album. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I was thinking of maybe my memoirs. <laughs> if anything, this mug taught me that I don't really care for vampires. Do you know what? They're not me as too. good as werewolves, yeah. are they? They're not, they're, they're really, really not. I mean, I, I they're pick, not my thing at all. I picked yeah. the theme because I was just there's certain ones that I have a warm, nostalgic glow over. But yeah, I, I'm definitely team werewolf or team zombie. Yeah. Not. 
they're a bit sort of um pretentious um pretentious <laughs> and sort of they're really uncool yeah there's something really sort of oh i don't know they all look like like a creepy bloke at your school don't you mm. to sort of, i don't know no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a vampire person. Yeah. Although the books are alright, saying that, which maybe just vampires don't translate well onto cinema, apart from the obvious it ones. Is, they're, they're better in novels. Yeah. Possibly better in novels. Yeah. It's mainly sex, isn't it? Vampires. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what it's mainly about. Yeah. So, like, a good vampire film would just be filled with proper sex. Well, that's it? that's why I like around. all the '70s ones. Because they're more sexy. Yeah, all the yeah. French. Yeah, the eighties ones have a sort yeah. of a PG approach to sex mostly. Yeah. Was that just mm. the eighties attitude to sex though? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But you think even like the hunger, like from the post that you've got, you'd be like, Oh, look, there's a sexy vampire three way. No, there isn't. There's some yeah. elbow there's some elbow kissing and a lot of curtains. Yeah, maybe that should have had more uh, more sex. Yeah. whether or not it was good sex is <laughs> it's arguable, but um... one from Czechoslovakia called Ferrat Vampire, which is about a vampire car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which sucks people's blood through their feet, for, uh, like via the pedals. It's it's quite mental. I watched that one yesterday morning, and um, <laughs> it's quite an interesting one. The sort of use of, um, use of sound is quite good. It's got quite a good kind of spooky soundtrack where you've got what's clearly like a, a very early synthesizer, but kind of like synthesizing a lot of kind of like weird whispery voices. Um, and they're trying to go for a sort of a Cronenbergian kind of evil corporation thing. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's not bad. And I've only just noticed, it's called Ferrat Vampire because Ferrat is the make of the car. Yes. But I've only just noticed it's, it's Nos Ferrat, Ooh, isn't it? Yes, That's it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've just noticed that. Yeah. Um, and I watched an Indian one as well called Virana, which is, it's, it reminded me of those um, Hong Kong black magic films a lot of the time. Mm. Um, anyone else seen that? No, no, no. no, I won't go on about it. Though, but it's got some very bad wigs and um, stick-on beards and moustaches and stuff, and a lot, of, a lot of shit comedy and a very long running time. And it's oh. got it's got a bit a bit like in Bloody Moon, where someone gets decapitated with a giant um, log mill saw. <laughs> Looks like it's, it's going to be pretty nasty, and it happens off screen, and you're like, "Ooh, that was nasty!" And then it makes the mistake of cutting to the body, and it's a man with his head still attached to his shoulders, just a tiny little, tiny little cut on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, that definitely took him off at the neck. So, oh, also I watched uh, an Italian one called Nosferatu in Venice. Uh, with Klaus Kinski, who oh, was one yeah. of six people who directed it. That was that was released as Vampire in Venice in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what do you think? Uh, slow and oh. messy. Really? I found it fucking like, totally incoherent. Yeah. Six directors. <laughs> um, they nicked the score off an old Vangelis album. So at least it sounds all right. Is it Chariots um, of Fire? I'd love to see Paiskinski just walking along the Venice canals, the <laughs> chariots of fire. <laughs> Donald Pleasance plays like a bishop or something, but yeah, it's, it's such a mess that every time Donald Pleasance walked into a scene, I, I was like, oh, I forgot he was in it. <laughs> so there's a selection of 80s vampire films for you, and our second feature to finish off. Uh, was released very soon after The Lost Boys, but has a very different tone. It's Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark. Caleb Colton no longer belongs to our world. We'll give him a week, see if we can call him one of us. 
He belongs to hers. But you have to learn to kill. He belongs to theirs. I don't want to kill. He makes a kill tonight. And they all belong to the night. It's three hours short for us to get home. You help me out? What are you on? Believe me, I told you. Just don't think of it as killing. Amen. Amen. Don't think at all. It's something that you do night after night. It's only ever a question of how. Nervous? I would be too if I were you. Near dark. Pray for daylight. When a good, honest cowboy gets bitten by a vampire, he's forced to join her travelling gang and finds himself under pressure to make his first kill. Where are we on Near Dark? Who, li- who likes it? Who doesn't? Who, what? I like it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, you're mad about it. Uh, I, I was bored until 50 minutes in. There was one scene I really enjoyed. Um, and then after that, I was, I was back to being sort of bored again. I, um, I, I want to like it so much. I've watched it like... Like I watched it years ago and then revisit it again. I'm sure I like it because it's really good and then keep trying to like it, but I just can't really like it. It's very boring. Um, it, is. Oh. it does take such a long time to get going. Like, it, like that scene in the bar when they kill all the rednecks in the bar, yeah. that, that's good. That was a but great But that's scene. like a... Uh, yeah, that's a blip in an otherwise well, quite dull film. Honest, the only the only reason that scene got me is because they're playing the Cramps cover of Fever in the background. Oh, it was yeah. like a nice juxtaposition. Yes, that's true. And of like that good. really slow yeah. Cramps song to like this horrible violence, and then I was I was yeah after that I was like oh okay no now I'm back to not caring. It's the only film where vampires burn um, mm. uh, realistically, mm. like the burning special yeah. effects. It really feels like if light hits them, they burn. Um, and I can't think of that being done that well in another film again. Really. The Lost Boys. They don't. No, they don't. They don't the blacken way. and bubble and sort of. Oh, sure, like, right, it's it's the, the, those shots of the smoke coming off them as they're kind of running yeah. in the daylight. And I, I just love all those shots. Really it just looks. Good. Ooh, I don't think there's something quite unsettling about it. And it feels painful. They put a, um, a fog machine, a smoke machine, down the back of the, <laughs> back right. of the jacket and <laughs> a load of holes in the jacket so that the light right. shines through and stuff. That looks good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite clever, that. I'm not, I mean, I'm not keen on this film. I find it a bit dreary. Oh. Um, I don't really like Southern Gothic as a style, no, full stop. I and I, <laughs> no, I do. You know. Yeah. Does it not get you down the road just like, just go have a, have a shower? Like, just ha- like, just wash your clothes. They're all so dirty. Yeah. Like, I love, I love like, that uh, atmosphere. Like, the bit where they're in like, the hotel room towards the end and, and like, people from the normal world uh, come into the room and see them and they're just sat there at the table playing cards and they look like shit. You know, they're all, like, <laughs> yeah. burned and blooded. And, oh, I don't know. I just, I love that that look of it. The the sort of grit. I mean, I, I, I started watching it... Um, Saturday, Friday night, something like that. Um, first time in a long, long time. And the Blu-ray that I've got is not a great transfer. Uh, and I started watching, and I was like, oh, God, this is so dark and mumbly. And, oh, no, I'm not going to see or hear any of it. And then by, by the end, it all kind of come flooding back how much I loved it. And I, I was just, oh, I don't know. Like, it's it's not perfect, but there's just so many things that I can't get out of my mind. And two two days later... I'm still kind of seeing these these images and like the bit right at the start where they first pick him up in that camper van. I find that really scary. 
how it just comes out of nowhere because he's staggering along the mm. you know the plains and starting to look a bit ill and you think oh god he's turning into a vampire that's that's what I'm paying attention to here in this scene that's the unpleasantness yeah. and then this this thing comes out of nowhere this like van with blacked out windows that looks ugly and yeah it's a lovely it's a lovely bit of uh, misdirection that scene it's sort of bits yeah. of it are really beautifully choreographed and the, all of yeah. the scenery and everything just looks really cool I mean I really, really like it. I've realised watching it this time that I think I probably like the world that it's in more than the actual film, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I so agree. So it would have been nice yeah. if someone had done like a spin-off comic book because that would have been a awesome. TV series now yeah, would have been yeah, perfect. Yeah, so like those characters lend themselves to that. Yeah, but yeah, um, your man true. from Aliens is absolutely brilliant in it. He's got such presence. There's three from Aliens. Three from Aliens, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's Lance Henriksen I was thinking of. Yeah, he's totally yeah. badass. But yeah, it's... Um, it's it's a good cast and I I like the soundtrack and I like the sort of the, the weird color palette etc and um, mm-hmm. it's probably it's not one that I would be kind of like I mean there used to be this whole thing with with sort of like a little bit of film snobbery of people would just be like oh you like the Lost Boys well I like Near Dark and then yeah, I think yeah, I managed definitely. to piss a few people off in a, a sort of semi serious Facebook discussion by just going guys it's the twenty first century you can like Near Dark and the Lost Boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read a review of Near Dark that said like, oh, it's it, it, like it eats Lost Boys for breakfast or something like that, and I was like, that's really like the hipster position to take, isn't yeah, it? It really and is. Yeah. I, I hate, I hate yeah. that I actually completely agree with it in that I don't like Lost Boys and I do like Near Dark. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but but at the same time, I you know I'd never I'd never want to say that in a in a snobby way. It's just I happen to much prefer one film over the other. But I think when I was a teenager. Maybe I was taking the hipster approach because I, I saw Near Dark around the same time that I saw Lost Boys, and I loved Near Dark. Like I, I wouldn't shut up about it to everybody that that I knew who was was into movies. Whereas Lost Boys was just, yeah, that's that's for kids. I didn't like it. So maybe something of that hipster attitude that I had when I was like thirteen is uh, as hungover, but. Near Dark is taking itself very seriously. Yeah, but I like that. No, I like yeah. the does that. But the gang of vampires are kind of similar in that they're way over wardrobed, which I think yeah. works well in The Lost Boys, where it's like this kind of fun 80s thing. But when you're uh, overtly saying, this vampire is from the Civil War, this vampire is from the First World War, or whatever, um, then it just seems a bit silly for, what, for the serious tone. I mean, they could buy new clothes. Yeah. They don't have to wear the same fucking clothes that they wore when they were turned into vampires, do they? But I think, like like Emily says about it, it could make a good comic book. I think they have that thing that comic book characters have, which is they have a very recognisable look. Yeah, and there's a certain so, kind of uniformity to it yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like that. I, I think it gives the those characters more power to have that sort of visual shorthand for who they are. Um, yeah, it's not realistic. It but... ties in a little bit with the kind of Western idea as well, where you've got yeah. the sort of like the, you know, the the last gang in town kind of thing, and these these people are misfits and they're outsiders. Yeah, and the whole yeah, totally. idea I don't like of... westerns either. That's that's the other issue I have with it. It, is, it does feel like a western. Mm. Uh, I don't like westerns. Yeah. Um, I love Tangerine Dreams theme. Yeah, the... Tangerine Dreams theme tune is amazing. Oh, no. it turns out it's surprisingly easy to do a complete blood transfusion. 
I was going to yeah, say that in a barn. Yeah, like, just just do it in a barn, mate, twice, yeah. and it's fine. And if that's like, if that's how easy it is, like, they, surely they would have rumbled that in the last thousand years of being vampires. That yeah. you can just yeah. go and have a blood transfusion in a barn. So this is probably something that I wouldn't bother me if I was enjoying the film more. But yeah, it really. Or if it was sillier. Yeah. It, well, it, it just. <sighs> The fact that these vampires have been around for hundreds of years and then they all cock it up and die on the same night within a few minutes of each other. Where did it all go wrong for them? What, why that specific? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why did they all give up at the same time? Yeah. Um, and I think you're right in that like, it, it invites you to, to think these things because it's taking itself so seriously. Uh, yeah. And sure. it makes you go, well, you're taking yourself seriously. Let's take it seriously. You can't just go to your barn and do a blood transfer, a full body blood transfer. Where is he getting the blood from? Well, he's a vet, isn't he? He's a vet, so obviously he's got supplies of human blood. If I'm being really generous, and and I I will agree that the blood transfusion is is maybe a step too far, but if I was being really generous, I I would say that it's allegorical. And maybe the the vampires (laughs) are like, well, we're basically damned now, so, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. I I think the vampires all fuck up just just because it's like an escalating series of events for them where, Mm. you know, they have been very, very careful and meticulous about what they do. And suddenly they make one fuck up and then they just keep fucking up until it's... Oh, yeah, there's that. Fire. But in terms of the blood transfusion thing, maybe they were aware of it and they were like, no, we, we, we want to carry on doing this. This is us now. Yeah, I mean, they all seem to quite like it, apart from Caleb and maybe May. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they quite know. They, they seem to have not made a very good decision about how to represent the little kid either. Mm. Because sometimes they represent him as, as an old man in a, in a small body. Mm. But then sometimes that becomes difficult for them. So they sort of just go, oh, no, he's actually just a young kid. And he reacts like a young kid. And then other times he reacts like mm. an old person. It's sort of, I, I, it, it's not sort of consistent within it, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a problem, but it seems... No, that's true. Um, that characterisation no, no, no. is a little bit weird. It's probably the weakest character of of them, unfortunately. But yeah, it's a shame because it's a really good idea. CJ, you know what you're saying about um, Charlie Brewster in Fright Night being bland. Yeah. What do you think, Caleb? I oh, see. I like Caleb because yeah, he's. I mean, with Charlie Brewster, he's supposed to have a character. Like, there's there's a character that's missing. It's like he is an outline, and there there should be something in there, but there isn't. Whereas Caleb's just kind of a pretty cowboy uh and and the love story is so simple like when they meet uh he's just like hey i'm gonna show you a horse and she's like oh my god <laughs> and then they call him up. he just shows her a horse and that that's enough uh and she you know she doesn't even like horses they're, they're scared of her but it's you know that that's all you really get of that relationship and I, I don't really mind because in a way it lets you buy into their love story a little easier because it's just kind of a a blank canvas of these two very beautiful people just being there in the night. I don't know, like, I know Near Dark is, is naff and pretentious in a lot of ways, and it's not, <laughs> it's not as perfect as its reputation suggests. I think it's been really massively overrated by people who very highly rate uh, Catherine Bigelow, James Cameron, that, that school of filmmaking. I don't think it stands up to that kind of scrutiny, but at the same time, there's something that just gets me in the heart about it i just i just love it on a on an unconscious kind of level um i don't know i just think it's a lovely film i did like the ending where it's all catherine bigelow explosions and everything yeah it's good it is exciting 
it's almost a shame they go so far because m- m- most of it's kind of a low-key drama almost and then, and then yeah you do get the <laughs> which bit of a breakneck tonal shift but but yeah it is spectacular um, it kind of reminded me of true romance and like the love story between thingy and majiggy in that because mm. like they just meet and like she's got an ulterior motive she's a prostitute um and they just fall in love and then you know chaos ensues it's pretty much exactly mm. what happens but yeah. boring well it is like sort of runs along the same lines as the film of bonnie and clyde doesn't it the um the famous mm. bonnie and clyde version where they they fall in love and they have a gang and then they hole up in a house and then they're sort of like a last ditch yeah. attempt to sort of escape from the house and you know it that seemed is... to have that sort of vibe to it yeah you know? that's very true it's... have you mentioned the lisp yet <laughs> no the kid's lisp god I just so he's got a lisp in it, and I couldn't I couldn't pay attention to what he's saying because he's just like, this is Sarah, and she's mine now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so angry about being all alone in a vampire, so I've got Sarah now. So, Sarah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, should we play scary noises? Yay! Yes. So, of course, CJ and Bryony versus Emily and Phil. Have you got your uh, noise-making devices ready? Sort of, yeah. My my hairdryer's packed up in storage now, but I've got a ghost that makes no noise, so I will go, ooh. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Good. Good. That's nice. Good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen out for that. <laughs> uh, here's your first pair of scary noises. He allows me to express that love in many ways. Yes, CJ. The music is Bela Lugosi's Dead from The Hunger. Of course. Uh, Dialogue? The dialogue is Fatal Frames. It's not Fatal Frames. Um, (laughs) Emily and Phil, dialogue to identify. He allows me to express that love in many ways but one of those ways is music do you like the carpenters no no idea idea. just enjoying bar house again to be honest (laughs) yeah uh it was from mandy oh god i literally just watched that like Ah. two weeks ago it shows how much it had an impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, second pair. And I told you a fossil, part ape, part man. It lived two million years ago. Are you telling me? That an ape that lived two million years ago got onto that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there, then locked everything up neat and tidy and got away. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Lock him up. We'll search the train and find him. No. Yes, AJ. Is the music from Vamp? No. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Is the music from Near Dark? No. Bollocks. The music was Fright Night Part 2, and mm. the dialogue was from Horror Express. That was Christopher oh, Lee. Oh, yeah. I barely said Horror Express, but I thought it was too obvious because they're talking about a train. Oh. <laughs> I do try and make them obvious because otherwise oh. it's just too difficult. <laughs> This is you making them obvious. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Third set. 
adventurers work here? Full serve. That's one of your dumber ideas, Merle. Self-serve, that's the way. Whoever he is, one of us best take care of him. Well, I went out yesterday. And me the day before. Well, damn it. Yes, Emily. The dialogue is near dark. It's not near dark. Fuck. Damn. (laughs) I think the character's called May. It must be. No, idiots. Okay, fine. Do you want to guess on the music? Uh, You or Phil? No, um, no. Is the music near dark? No. CJ and Bryony. Here you go. Hey, you bachelors work here? Full serve. That's one of your dumber ideas, Merle. Self-serve, that's the way. Whoever he is, one of us best take care of him. Well, I went out yesterday. And me the day before. Well, damn it. Let me go get some sunblock. Sundown, the vampire in retreat. Yes. Oh, what? Did you get the music? It sounded like Dead Can Dance, but... Um... No, it sounded like Pino Donaggio. It's Body Double. Uh, um, here's number four. I guess uh, you made that yourself. I bet my mom would love to board the pattern. Oh, yes, Brian. Oh, uh, the dialogue is one spitting. It is. Oh. Did you get the music? Nah. I was just excited to get one. Phil and Emily, music to identify. I guess uh, you made that yourself. I bet my mom would love to board the pattern. I mean, uh, my mom, she's great. I mean, uh, I have a picture of my family in my wallet. You know, you might take a look as long as you're down there. And uh, and there's some, some lifesavers in that other pocket there. Is the music Vampire's Kiss? No, it's not a vampire film. What's no. bitten me in the vampire film in that pair? Oh, I thought you were being sneaky. Bugger. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't cheat. Like makes that. it obvious, remember? <laughs> no, that's actually really difficult. It was, it was prom night. It was one of the. The, the disco songs they wrote for Prom Night. Oh, okay. Not surprised no one got that. Uh, right, number five. Testy. You want to know why I'm testy? I'll tell you why I'm testy. Today, I was nearly hung. I got into a fight with Yes, Phil. Dialogue is vamp. It is. Yay. <laughs> Music. <laughs> no. Nope. CJ and Bryony, music to identify. Testy. You want to know why I'm testy? I'll tell you why I'm testy. Today, I was nearly hung. I got into a fight with a psychotic albino. I met a human pincushion in the bathroom. I had a cockroach, my best friend disappears, and then I'm nearly assassinated by a runaway elevator. I've had a bad day. All I want to do is find AJ and get back to school. Today, but it was jazzy. Yeah. Jazzy. Uh... Was it... Jazzy Killer Horror Stories Part 3, The Jazzercise, starring oh, DJ Jazzy J. <laughs> Directed by Jess Franco. Did no, it? nothing. Go on. It was Barbarian Sound Studio. Oh, oh. okay, yeah. I, I don't mind missing that. You have that soundtrack as well. It, <laughs> it's a good film, CJ. It's Ace. It's good. CJ hates Art House, basically. <laughs> Like grown-up films. I love, I love grown-up films. I, I think The Lost Boys is shit and like Near Dark. How are you? Right? You just can't win. And finally... Un, dos, tres, toca la pared. Un, 
dos, tres, toca la pared. No. No. Music was from Virana, Vengeance of the Vampire. Uh. And the dialogue was from The Orphanage. Uh. Uh. Yes. So, a very low scoring one, this one. <laughs> Bring in Three to CJ and Brownie, one to Emily and Phil. Phil has chosen found footage as next month's theme and we want to know what your favourites are. So send us your top fives or top threes if you don't have five favourite found footage films <laughs> um, from the found footage horror genre. You can tweet us at devilx5, leave a message on our Facebook page or email dx5podcast at gmail.com and we'll base next month's episode on your votes. So until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> 